0: All right, as you imagine, and you probably have thought about it, there's, there's many biblical references to honey in the Bible. Now, in Exodus, we often see that the promised land was a land of what? Milk and honey. And it's described as something good. Then in Deuteronomy, you see the same thing. The Lord that God brings thee into good land, the land of brooks of water and fountains and depth and spring out of the valley and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil and olive and honey. So honey was commonly known in biblical times and the Bible often mentions honey as something valuable, something good, something of high price. Um, why is that? Of course, in olden days, there were no sweeteners. Sweeteners, like artificial sweeteners, right? The sweetest thing that common person knew was the milk. Because milk has some some uh, some sweet taste to it. So, the sweetest thing was milk for them. The next sweetest thing that they could find was honey. And the honey were not managed commercially the honeybees were not managed commercially the bees were not managed even by hobbyists. the only time you would find honey and the bees was you find them in the wild you walk through the woods you remember a few biblical stories about that let's go right there we have one story of the, uh, similar about who about samson right samson was uh, walking through a field and a lion came to to, to, to to attack him and samson was a strong man he grabbed the lion killed it and in a couple of days, he's returning back. And of course, the climate there is very dry, warm. And there's a swarm of bees there in the, in the lion car- carcass that de- was dehydrated. <laughs> and, and he grabs some honey and, and he made a nice riddle. And so these are the, the mention, mentioning of, of the honey in, um, in some of the Old Testament. There's one, one or two more interesting references to honey. Listen to this. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, and sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. And then Psalm 119, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. So evidently, the sweetest thing in olden days that was known to man in Old Testament time, was honey. Honey is pleasant, flavorful, sweet, smooth. It, it, it gives you n- immediate nutrition and support if you're hungry. Remember the Old Testament story about Jonathan? Yeah. 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 Remember he was fighting and everybody was asked to fast all day, right? <laughs> That's right. His father made a decree, nobody should eat anything at all. And Jonathan didn't even know about it. And he was so hungry from that battle, from spending that energy, and he found some wild honey. And he stuck his spear in that comb and got some honey and licked it off. It gave him energy and strength. And that's a very interesting about honey. It, it feeds your cells directly. It, it's basically pure... Pure glucose, it goes in your blood, straight to your brain, gives energy to your brain, gives energy to your muscles. It can even be absorbed on a cellular level. If you put honey on your hand, on your arm, on your cheeks, it will be absorbed and and assimilated through your skin. There was, in the morning, after you put some, you have a honey massage or honey bath, it will be all absorbed. Your skin will be moist and your cells will, will directly absorb and assimilate the honey without the honey going through your digestive tract. That's, that's the nature of honey. It's, it's a pure fuel. So the honey was prized as a substance that gives you energy and strength physically. Now, psalmist is, is, is taking that from the world of the bees. He takes the honey and says, hey, you think that's good? Just think. The Word of God and the truth and, and, and the judgments and the righteousness of God Have you heard about honey? Honey is good. It gives you energy. It gives you strength. And then he says, listen, the word of God is even better than honey. It's even better than honey. It gives you moral strength, spiritual strength. It gives you ability to, to have spiritual power to resist temptations. Or when you are in trying times and you are almost defeated because of whatever situations or circumstances are around, you open the word of God and you receive extra endurance and extra energy. So Solomon says, Lord, the enemies are all around me. Lord, they are after me. Lord, I don't think I can take this. But when I look to your word, and I listen to, to, to your word, or read your word, it gives me strength. It gives me power. It gives me resistance. It gives me en- en- endurance. No, you remember the bees, the honeybees, cannot develop and grow without what without food and what is the food for the bees royal jelly jelly is one of them and pollen is another of them and honey is the major nutritional source for the bees without it they don't grow they don't develop it's the same about spiritual life of david who is writing this right and each one of us without the Word of God that is compared to honey in the Scripture, it's actually not just honey. It's better than honey. So if the honey gives you immediate boost of energy and strength physically, the Word of God will give you immediate boost of strength and power and resistance against your enemy spiritually. And that's so true. How many times have you guys had a discouraging moment and, and you just opened the Word of God and receive comfort and consolation and strength. And that's what Psalmist is talking about. So, honey is not only good for the body. Honey is not only something good um, for, for, for the development physically. Honey, in the spiritual sense, is the Word of God. And the Word of God will cause me and you to grow spiritually. I will not be able to develop as a human being morally emotionally and spiritually without the word of god i might be a moral person because my parents told me that telling truth is right and my parents told me that taking somebody else's pen or pencil is not right i'll be a moral person but that doesn't mean that i'm spiritually growing only by feeding on the word of god will make a person growing spiritually and developing and maturing spiritually Here's uh, some interesting proverbs about honey. Um, and, of course, many proverbs were a collection that Solomon put together. Some of them he wrote. And, and some of these are so, so appropriate. Listen to this. My son, eat thou honey, because it is good, and the honeycomb, which is sweet to thy taste. Basically, he's saying honey is good, isn't it? Tastes good. It's it's pleasant. It sweetens things up. Now listen to this. He has a few more proverbs. Whoops, I skipped some. Ah, I guess I have them a little later. All right, um, more more on honey. Let's um, let's uh, look in the New Testament. You remember John the Baptist was one of those wild guys that was running around the desert and warning people asking them to repent of their wild ways. Now, his diet was very simple. And um, Matthew says that it was uh, locusts and wild honey. Wild honey was a popular thing he could find in those areas in the caves. You could go in in the rock crevasses in that country. And I was recently traveling through through an area where there were caves and, and, you know, like like uh, small tunnels. And I found wild bees in one of those too recently. And I thought, oh, this is exactly what Matthew probably was describing John doing. You know, John the Baptist went in a cave, grabbed some honey, and, <laughs> and then grabbed some locusts. And some people say, well, that was carob. And if you've seen uh, in Southern California carob trees, they have these locust pods or bean pods that look chocolate color. You munch on them, they taste like chocolate. <laughs> and, and that's probably what John ate. It was a very simple diet. And honey was a part of it. Now, I, I imagine it was uh, dark honey because it, it, it provided some nutrients for him, not just sugar. Now, Song of Solomon, here, here are some of those proverbs again. Listen to the, the, the love song that the beloved is singing to, to the other beloved, right? <laughs> thy lips, O my spouse, drop as the honeycomb, honey and milk under thy tongue. And the smell of thy garment is like the smell of Lebanon. So, the, the analogy or the comparison that Solomon is, is, is drawing here is very, very, very sweet, right? <laughs> that your love to me and, and your, and we are talking about spouses, right? Your, your affection is sweeter than honey. That's basically what, what he's saying. Now, at the same time, the same author is telling us the following story. Has thou found honey? Eat so much as is sufficient for thee, lest thou be filled therewith and vomited. <laughs> He's warning us too much honey it's probably not a good thing. Uh, and it goes both ways in physical um, sense, literal honey, and in, in another sense. You know, when you have your honey with you and you are lovey dovey all day, you're lovey dovey all night it's not a good thing (laughs) there should be moderation in all respects and and that's what he's telling us here moderation is very important in your diet both um, as uh, physical food as well as in your passions as uh, in your loving your spouse there must be moderation it is not good to eat much honey so for men to search their own glory is not glory it is a sweet thing, right, according to, to this scripture, this proverb, to have uh, somebody tell you good words or encourage you or telling you that that person enjoys something about you. It may be uh, soothing, right? It may be like a balm, especially when you're discouraged. Now, obtaining glory and fame, some people compare it with sweetness. It's like honey, you know. <laughs> But at the same time, this proverb is warning us, searching your own glory is not glory. It's like too much honey. If you overdo on honey, then you come to the moment that you want to vomit. So eventually if somebody praises you so much, you want to vomit. Or somebody who is listening will want to vomit too, saying, <laughs> So we are warned to be moderate. We are warned to not accept false praise. We want to be um, pragmatic in this sense, not to just uh, gorge ourselves on sweet words that somebody's telling us, right? It's, there's moderation um, in, in all things. Now let's talk about bees in the Bible. In the olden days, um, and in Deuteron- Deuteronomy it says, and the Amorites which dwelt in the mountain came out against you and chased you as bees do, all right? Think of the bees that are aggravated, chasing away the person who is disturbing. That's, that's what, what you can imagine as the enemy are chasing somebody. It's like a bunch of bees running after you. And the Lord promised that, that even the, even some of the insects he would send or would have sent to fight against the enemies of Israelites, right? And psalmist is describing some of his enemies that are around him as... As, as, they, as the bees surrounding him and, and, you know, trying to attack him. Talk about, um, about a scary situation. If you talk about uh, Africanized killer bees, instead of like a hundred or a couple of hundred bees after you, you'd have thousands of bees chasing you. That's pretty scary. And uh, these are the only mentionings of the bees in the scripture. Now... There's proverbs, actually, that refer to another social um, group, and those are ants. Let me go back. I overshot it. The ants, right? Here we go. Uh, not there yet, but anyway. Let's, let's talk about the drones first. You remember, what is the, the job of a drone in a hive? Does it perform any jobs in a hive? Yes. He mates with the queen. That's a job, Yes keeps the temperature now that's pretty much it now remember the mating doesn't happen in a hive remember the mating is happening out in in, in the fields right so in the hive the main job of of the drone is basically maintaining the temperature its own temperature and the surrounding temperature and the drone doesn't do it on purpose the drone basically eats lots of honey that's his job eating honey and pollen and in the process as he eats honey and pollen uh, there's body temperature that's resulting from the, from the uh, assimilation of the honey. And basically, he produces heat, or it produces heat. So it's a pretty cush life for the drone, eating and sleeping. <laughs> well, I'm speaking figuratively. And uh, possibly, possibly, if he is a lucky one, he might mate at the end of his life because he will die the next moment. That's the life of a drone. Now, besides all that, the, the drone's... Um, the drone's ability to perform jobs is is zero he's not designed to 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 do any job in a hive he doesn't have any organs to perform any jobs in a hive so his his life is pretty easy life of ease and laziness he's basically eating and entertaining his future plans i don't know what he's thinking about but but his life is so easy it's just simple life of ease. Now, the drone is paying a very high price for it. And there's a few scriptures that, uh, that compare this kind of life of ease um, as something dangerous, similar to the life of drone that will end very, in a very sad manner, right? The hand of the di- diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. The desire of the slothful kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. How long wilt thou sleep, O sluggard? When wilt thou arise out of thy sleep? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep—so shall thy poverty come as one that travels, and thy want as an armed man. You remember that the life of the drone ends dramatically. It can end in two ways. Yes, there's a question. No, she has a very hard work, the queen's work. So the question is, does the queen have an easy life? It's a very hard life. The queen has to lay eggs every day. She's laying thousands of eggs every day. So she's very active. She lays many eggs. She has only once in her lifetime, she flies out of the hive to mate. And then she's returning back in a hive and she works as a layer of eggs for the rest of her life which can last three or five years so that's the job of the Queen so the drones life of ease ends in a very sad manner he can die in two ways you remember one way the drone can die is when the drone is trying to mate with the Queen and he will find the Queen he'll mate and the moment he mates he dies so he's his wedding is his funeral at the same time he's done it's a high price right for the life of ease (laughs) it's a very high price yes why does he die? die? Uh, the reason he dies he was designed that way because most of his abdomen contains reproductive organs that have many many thousands and millions of seeds to fertilize (coughs) eggs in the future so all that stuff out of his abdomen is swallowed by the queen. So his abdomen is basically hollow and he, he, there's such a trauma with the loss of all his, half of his belly, he says, well, I don't know what he says, but he dies. <laughs> uh, nobody recorded what he says. <laughs> but I hope there's scientists who will one day. <laughs> so at the end of his life, it's very dramatic. He's gone. his. He's dead, he's falling out um, from the height of about a few hundred yards to the ground, and and there's no mentioning of his life anymore. He's gone. He passed along some genetic material for the future generations. That's all. Now, yes. uh, this doesn't happen, how long did usually live? Drone can live all summer. Drones can live all summer. They live about, oh, maybe three, four months. And the bees will keep the drones in a hive, untouched won't chase them out if there's plenty of nectar coming in if there's things blossoming they want the drones around because they think oh we might have another colony we want some males around to to mate with new queens you know when they hatch so they'll keep them around however if this drone or there's normally a few hundreds of drones in a hive if the summer is coming to the end and there's no more flowers and it's dry some climates it's dry in july and there's no more flowers. The bees do not allow drones to eat. Why is it? They need to store the honey for the future. And they say, why should we waste this honey for somebody who doesn't work? Whoever doesn't work does not eat. <laughs> and that's the kind of slogans that carry around the hive, and they say, don't work, don't eat. Don't work, don't eat. You know, And pretty soon, the drones are so weak and so... Um, so incapable to fight and actually find food that they they are forced by the worker bees to the bottom of the hive and they just crawl on the bottom of the hive left and right oh please you know give us some honey and the, the worker bees from the top you should have worked hard you should have brought something now you don't have anything you should have put something away now we can learn a few lessons from that can't we uh, working hard is a virtue You know, planning for the future is very important. Not that you have to be planning for, for, you know, for your wealth, that you want to be extremely wealthy for your own sake, but you should be planning to have store and supply for your family and for your neighbor, and to help somebody out, and to, to, to share, because the bees, the honey bees, the worker bees, not only bring for themselves, they bring enough for their colony, and they, they bring enough for next two or three years. They have supply for the next two or three seasons. Now, the beekeeper, of course, will take the second and third year supply for himself, but the colony will have enough for the next winter and will survive. Now, unfortunately, not all of us are that generous. The bee is sharing what what the bee collects, right? Sharing with each other, sharing even with the drones while the weather is good and there's no danger of drought. But the moment there's drought out there, all the drones have to be on the bottom of the hive and they won't have access to the food. Pretty soon, within a week or two, the drones will be so weak and so easy to kick out of the hive that the workers will Send them out of the exit, out of the entrance to the hive. And all the drones will be walking on the front board of the hive, back and forth, begging, please let us in. You should have worked hard, should have collected and put away. (laughs) I imagine that's a dialogue, but I'm just exaggerating it. But that's what's happening there. Eventually, the drones will be so weak that the bees will take them one by one and toss them off the hive and they will will be on the ground just walking back and forth, weak and and trying to find some food but they'll pay a high price for the life of ease and laziness Uh, there's um, there's a lesson for us right (laughs) we should not only work hard so we have something in store we should work hard so we could share because the bees work hard enough so they could share with the beekeeper who tends and helps them right they they work so hard that they can share with those who cannot find or provide for themselves so there's a lesson a spiritual lesson for us if we do not share or do not feed on the Word of God if we do not um, if we do not daily do our duties that we are called to do physically or spiritually physically won't have food in our homes right our bank account will be very low or maybe negative Our spiritual life same way we won't be spiritually fed and if we don't share the food the matter that we receive from the Word of God with others we are spiritually dying eventually like these drones will be on the bottom of the society crawling around and kicked out of our homes possibly because we didn't work hard (laughs) spiritually we will lose connection and the Lord will reach out to us, but we won't be capable or able to receive because we don't share. If you just receive like the drone, you receive all the benefits of the colony, eventually, without producing something in return, you will have to die a life of a drone. And that's a very sad, sad end of life. There's two lessons that are most important lessons, and, and I would, I, I'd save them for the very end, and, and that's what we'll do right now. Uh, we'll talk about. Um, oh, here's a picture of mating drone. Then it falls backwards and falls down, and he's gone. Worker bees' diligence. Proverbs 6:6. 6, 6, Go to the end, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Which, having no guide, overseer, or ruler, provides her meat in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Now, bees and ants are the closest cousins. <laughs> Both bees and ants have similar social structure. The, the colony of ants is just as hard working as the colony of bees. And that would be the closest comparison that you could draw between ants and bees. And I see a question. Go ahead and ask it. I just saw an ant outside I walked along. Uh huh so you saw ants no if you see ants every time you see ants think of the scripture every time you see an ant think oh ants are diligent they have order they have respect for their superior they work hard they do not wait for somebody to force them to work and i notice i do that quite a bit i walk by something that i see that needs attention and i say okay i'll do it next time okay i i see that has to be done okay i'll do it tomorrow that's not how the bees are and that's not how the ants that's not how the ants are both bees and ants whenever they pass by something that needs to be done they notice oh this needs attention guess what they stop and take care of that (laughs) and then they continue on they see something else needs attention they stop take care of it they see a task they see a job and they say okay i need to do this i need to finish this so recently i noticed that in my beekeeping habits i was kind of slothful, like a drone. I would walk by my bees and i say, okay, this colony needs needs something done. And I would take notes and say, I need to do this and this and this. Now this colony needs this and this and this. And then I caught myself just watching the bees and I said, bees don't do that, they don't take notes. They walk by and say, oh, this needs attention. And then I thought, oh, maybe I should take care of the bees like that. This needs attention, I'll do it right now, (laughs) you know. This needs attention, I'll do it right now. So, it's, it's a very good way. Now, in a, in a spiritual sense, it's very important for us to pay attention to spiritual needs immediately as they arise. Uh, diligence in spiritual matters is, is of great importance. The soul of the sluggard desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Now, the phrase made fat um, doesn't really mean fat. It means be satisfied the other tr- translations now in Hebrews Hebrews 6 11, there's spiritual application of that scripture and that is we um, Paul says um, and we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end that ye be not slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises that's Hebrews six eleven and 12 so there's something that spiritually you and I um, have to be diligent about. If I see or need uh, or feel that I need growth in certain areas spiritually, it's not good for me to just take a note and say, okay, I need this and this and this. I'll take care of this tomorrow. Just as diligent ants and bees do, if I sense my need, my spiritual need, I should go right then to my supplier of all needs, Right? I should go to my Savior and I should talk to Him about it. Or if I feel depleted spiritually, I should go to the source of energy and power. I go to the Word of God. And that's so important. I cannot postpone it for tomorrow because tomorrow I may not find time or tomorrow I won't even notice my need, spiritual need, because I will be desensitized. You know how your alarm clock, when you listen to every morning to your alarm clock, sometimes you are so accustomed to the same alarm clock that you have to reset it and put some other music to it, right? (laughs) So the Holy Spirit that's talking to me and I'm ignoring it all the time will eventually desensitize me to a moment when I feel a need and I ignore it, feel a need and I ignore it. I don't sense that need anymore. And that's the danger. And that's, it's not just being lazy, it's being negligent in matters of your spiritual health. If I am negligent, That is a dangerous situation just like a poor drone that that didn't work hard physically eventually has to be um spiritually i mean physically dead me as a person i as a person will be spiritually dead and won't even notice it because i didn't pay attention to my spiritual need now these are the last two lessons that are very interesting and i want to share this with us with you Um, you remember the what I shared with you the story about the story <laughs> about the the chemical IDs and the queens whose job is to lay eggs uh, how the queen is very diligent in laying eggs and how the worker bees have order you know the queen is sort of rules the, the whole roost And all the workers are sort of taking care of the queen, taking care of all the queen's needs. They change her diapers, they feed her. The queen doesn't exit the hive. All her needs are provided there in the hive. Well, sometimes it can happen that some of the bees... I don't know why. Well, actually, I know why. It's because we live in a sinful fallen world. But it happens that some of the bees... In the colony would look at the queen and say, we don't like this queen. Why only the queen has these privileges? Why only the queen has the right to be fed every 15 minutes and nobody feeds me? Why do we have to clean and, and provide and serve this queen? I don't like this queen. In fact, I'm gonna talk to my neighbor here, another worker bee and see if she feels the same about the queen. So this neighbor worker bee will say, yeah, I, I thought that too, but I never verbalized it, but I think, I think you're right. I think the queen has no rights to, uh, to be so exclusive and, and keep all these privileges just for herself. I think we are entitled to the same privileges. And then they will talk to a bunch of other worker bees and we'll say, hey, let's, um, let's have a town hall meeting with this queen, <laughs> and guess what? They will collect a, a hundred or so of worker bees, and normally they will be older bees that are aged already. And remember, the older bees become the glossier and shinier their bodies are. They don't have all that fuzz. And you can t- see those bees. One day you open your colony and you see a bunch of glossy, shiny bees ganging against the queen. And instead of taking care of the queen, they are attacking the queen. Some of them are trying to sting the queen. And one day you'll see a ball of bees, like a tennis ball size in your colony. You say, what's going on? You take uh, your hive tool, you you break apart that ball, and you see there's a queen in the middle. And the queen's guards are protecting the queen. And the attendants are there protecting her. But all these imposters who want to take the place of the queen are there trying to get to her and sting her to death. Eventually, one day, more and more of these rebel bees will congregate and overpower the, 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 the guards that defend the bee. And guess what, one day this group of rioting or, or the, this gang of, of rebelling bees will kill the queen. And as they kill the queen, they would prevent the rest of the loyal bees from raising another queen. They will say, we don't want another queen. We are good enough. There's a good bunch of us. We can lay eggs. Yes, we can. And, and they would be actually asking the younger bees that still can secrete royal jelly to be fed royal jelly. They will demand the royal jelly. Worship me. I want the jelly. And there will be a group of bees, maybe 10, 15 of bees, that the younger bees that still can produce royal jelly will be feeding royal jelly. These shiny older bees, shiny in a sense because they are older, they, they don't have fuzz on them anymore, they, they rubbed it off, they will start laying eggs. Their dormant reproductive organs would be able to produce eggs. And and they will be laying them, and the nurse bees, the young nurse bees, will start feeding those eggs royal jelly. And those little eggs will hatch into a larva, and will start growing into a cocoon, and will be be capped by the worker bees, and they will develop into a mature bees, and they will hatch. And they will walk around the hive and when you look at them and you realize it's a walking bee it's a real bee but this bee is not capable of anything good it's called an imposter queen bee so what happens these imposters who just created this rebellion created their own product their own bees which are spiritual uh, i should call physically we should call them uh, dwarf drones or they are midget dwarf midget drones they are not fully developed drones they are tiny little drones the size of a bee they are males they are sterile they can reproduce they you remember drones don't do anything at all already, but this midget drone that is born out of unfertile egg of this rabble bee can't even reproduce. They already can't do much, but this guy can't reproduce. And the, the whole colony, the whole universe of the bee collapses because of, of this kind of rebellious thinking in the colony. Yes? Um, every year or two i see that happening and i have about uh, 100 hives at least every year i see one or two colonies that ha- it happens yes and you see that and and all of a sudden you realize oh how sad how sad that even the the insect world succumbed to the arch rabble who started this whole thing you remember how isaiah describes um this shiny creature whose name was Lucifer. You remember that story? Oh, how thou art fallen from heaven, Lucifer, son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground which weakened the nations. For thou hast said in your heart. I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the height of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. And that rebellion that started many, 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 many thousand years ago, I don't know how long ago that started. That rebellion not only started the war in heaven that that started many years ago. That war continues on today when we call it great controversy today in our spiritual sense. And even the creation, according to the scriptures, is suffering and groaning just like these bees in a colony experience similar rebellion sometimes. You have a rebel group who demands the rights. And the end of that rebellion is the collapse of that universe. That society cannot survive with this kind of thinking and this kind of selfish, uh, self-directed, demanding worship attitude. The colony is doomed to collapse. It will take just about three weeks and the colony will be gone. You remember why? Because the old bees die very fast. And the new bees that are born are incapable to reproduce. So the colony is gone. So when you see that, it's a sad reminder or a sober reminder of how dangerous this kind of thinking is for us as humans and us as Christians. We are not here to demand worship, to demand rights. We are here as people who have been pardoned already. We don't have any rights. The the true legal right that I have is to be dead, right? Because the wages of sin is death. So we are asking for mercy and our, our Savior provided that because of that rebellion that started long ago in heaven. We have a group of heavenly beings, the angels, who Lucifer was able to convince that, that, that God is not fair. He, he is the only one privileged. He can create and we can't create and we want to create too. And yes, we can create. Yes, we can lay eggs. And that's the thinking that these peace go through. That's the same thinking that Lucifer had. Yes, I can be like who? Like the most high. But the end result is the collapse of, of, of the society. If there's no intervention, but praise God, we had intervention. We had intervention where this cycle of rebellion had to be stopped. And even though we see the continuation of rebellion today, the Lucifer, the archery rebel, is already doomed. We know that, that it's not gonna work, because there's, there's a group of, of people like you and me who are willing to accept the remedy, the remedy for sin, the remedy for selfishness, the remedy for the life of ease that so many today want. Guess what? Most of the advertising that works today is because it promises something easy life of, of fame or life of, of, of wealth and people fall for it but that's not why we are here we are here to share the spirit of selflessness that we receive from God just reading about our Savior Jesus we learn and, and catch that spirit and we become we become more and more as our savior reflecting his character that's why we are created we are created to not be redeemed but to redeem others too how can we do that we can't redeem anyone but by our selfless sharing of the redemption that we have received we can elicit that same response in those who don't know yet about this rebellion that is in process and praise god for his intervention in this yes yes the bees don't really sleep in their hive they work day and they work all night at night they process nectar at night they repair the comb they build the comb at night they do all kinds of works at night they may take a second or a split second moment to rest but as far as sleeping no they don't get to sleep <laughs> they work it, it's, it reminds me of the angels because the scripture uh, describes our lord and our uh, creator as the person who doesn't sleep and doesn't slumber <laughs> so the bees are that way in that respect yes um, don't the, drone sleep? the drones don't sleep either um, when I read the scriptures about life of ease it really wasn't describing a drone it was describing a lazy person and guess what in many languages of the world a lazy person is called what a drone, a drone. I don't know do you do that in English culture like in my culture, a lazy person is called a drone. <laughs> is that the same in your culture? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why in my language it's an easy parallel. In English it's not such an easy, easy comparison. You didn't share with us what happened with a queen that never mates. What happens with the queen that never mates? Sometime if the queen doesn't mate because of the bad weather, and then we'll go to our last spiritual lesson if let me see i need to make sure we have enough time because that's an important spiritual lesson yeah we have another five minutes i can tell you what happens to the queen sometimes the weather is bad okay and the hatched queen wants to go for maiden voyage to meet her bridegroom you know <laughs> or a few of them right and she's going outside poking her head out of the hive but the weather is bad it's uh, it, it's not good for navigation you know it's raining or it's cold so the Queen goes back in a hive and next morning she comes out around 10 o'clock in the morning uh, rainy goes back and she might try a few weeks and if it's rainy for two or three weeks or if she went out in the place where the drones gather for mating season she didn't find any drones because it was drought you know and and other queens didn't lay any drones, so there's no drones around. She returns back to the hive and she says, Oh well, I'll just start laying unfertile eggs. And she'll start laying unfertile eggs. And her unfertile eggs will be identical to the unfertile eggs of the imposter queen. Just the same, the same eggs as those bees that said, Hey, we can lay eggs too. You know, we don't need a queen. We have our own rules and we can rule this roost. Same eggs and the same will be the result. They will be midget drones that cannot reproduce, and the colony will collapse. So a good beekeeper checks on on the queen after it's hatched that three weeks later she should lay good eggs. And the way you could tell that the the, the eggs are good, the brood pattern or the, the, the ceiling on the brood will be even, nice and smooth. Now the drone, you remember that the drone brood looks protruding like bumps. So you look at your frame on your brood, and you have this bumpy brood pattern and say, no, that doesn't look good. This queen hasn't been fertilized or it hasn't mated. So she's laying unfurled eggs. And the same kind of eggs are doing the imposter queens or drag queens. They call them drag queens sometimes. <laughs> they, they basically are pretending to be queens. And they say, we have the rights of the queens. We demand royal jelly. And we demand the rights to rule. And they, lay tons of those eggs, and they hatch, and those are not real bees, they are just these midget drones that cannot reproduce, the colony dies. Yes? But actually, are they not real bees, what are they? They are midget drones. They are males that are underdeveloped. They are underdeveloped males. They don't have a full set of chromosomes, if you study uh, biology, so th- they cannot reproduce. They basically, the colony will die. The very last spiritual lesson that we will uh, look at today is, um, is a lesson derived by, um, by us from, um, from the story uh, recorded in Luke. Uh, but let's not read that story yet. Let me just put this up uh, down here for now. And I'll tell you the story, the story that you can observe on a good morning. Early morning, as if you are a beekeeper, you know it's your ritual it's your hobby it's your passion in the morning you run to your beehives hey how are you doing guys you know (laughs) and you watch the bees they come out of the hive it's sunny and pretty and they take off the Sun is rising the flowers are blossoming and you just enjoy that for five ten minutes and you thank the Lord for a good morning and and you look at those bees again and say okay guys I'll see you later and you take off well as the bee took off from the hive it went out to look for some flowers, or some pollen, or some nectar, or some propolis. It takes about one hour for the bee to complete the tour. In about an hour, that bee will be coming back to her hive to bring you know, something into her hive. And all day, that bee will go out of the hive about seven, 10 trips a day for about an hour, maybe more if you are up north. You know how long the days are up north? yeah if you are in Alaska you can have bees in Alaska yeah and the bees can can work 20 hours you know they they will make 20 trips a day and it's true about any other plants up north because summers are so short you have very short growing season however you have a benefit of long day so the day is long, so your, your plants will do a lot of growing really fast in the summer. So your cabbage will grow really fast, <laughs> you know. Your tomat- tomatoes, you can grow there, but cabbage, things like that will grow. So the same with, um, with the bees. When the do- day is long, they'll fly many times. Eventually in the evening, you can observe very similar scene. You come to check on your bees in the evening, and you see, oh, they are, they are coming. Oh, look at them. And, and you would see the sun almost setting, and the bees are streaming in a hive. And guess what happens right remember we imagine that this is the entrance to the hive here right there at the entrance somebody tell me who is waiting for them at the entrance the guards so the guards are there why are they there they are there to make sure to make sure that no no strange non-citizen will come there yeah they'll protect the hive they also will will sort of examine the incoming bees are they bringing anything you know so just imagine a dialogue. I'm just imagining it, Okay, right? I don't think it happens, but we can use our imagination, you know. As a guard, I say, hey, what do you have there? Hi, how are you? Oh, look, oh, you have pollen. Oh, come right in, come right in, that's great. Oh, and what do you have there? Oh, I brought some nectar. Oh, let me taste it. Oh, tastes great, you know. And, and another bee is bringing some propolis. Oh, we need some, some fresh propolis to, ref, to to freshen up our colony. Okay, that's great, come in. What do you have? Oh, I have some water. And then another bee comes in and 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 the guard says, and what do you have? And the bee goes, Well, I have nothing. What? Yes, I have nothing. Now why? Well, um, I guess I left the hive kinda late and I was caught in a storm and, and, and then I was all wet, I couldn't fly, so I was knocked down, I was standing, I was sitting under, under a leaf, and then I was hoping I'd dry up, but it, it was cold, and, I, I, and eventually when I was dry, it was already too late to find any flowers, so I'm coming back empty-handed. And, and, and at that moment, this bee would, would just do something unique that very few animals do, or insects do. It will immediately assume... Uh, begging, be- begging for mercy position. It will bow down her head to the floor and will lift her her abdomen up and will gently fan her wings, as if asking, "Oh, please, but be merciful to me. Please, receive me back into in, into into your city. I want back. I want home. I I I want to be back in my family." And guards at that moment will will just back off and say yeah come right in come right in what is the second scenario that can happen if the bee comes and is trying to push her way in the guards will prevent her because she is using or she or it I guess uh, that bee would be using force and demand her rights and and try to tell the guards I deserve to be here do you see my chemical ID right here it's me (laughs) but that's not what gives her the rights to belong. It's her spirit of belonging, her spirit of humbleness, and her willingness to ask for mercy rather than demand. There's a question, let's take that. Um, Actually, the the guards are very, very merciful. As long as the bee doesn't show um, aggression, they will let her in. Even if she's empty-handed, they will let her in. But if the bee will, sh- will behave aggressive and r- as, as an aggressive or rude, rude person would, then the guards will not let her in. They will sting her and toss her out. Because what's important for them, not that the chemical idea is the same, but what's important for them, that there's social structure and order that's maintained. If you have your own bees that rebel, the guards will kill them. If you have a rebellion in the colony, the gods will take care of it if you have a rebellion in heaven which we have in our universe there will be the day of reckoning when those rebels will be destroyed now here's the lesson that that i learned spiritually from this uh, from this scene that i just described in the world of the bees you remember there's a story similar to this and that's our thief on the cross you remember the thief on the cross oh there we go. Let's read this. And one of the malefactors or thieves which were hanged railed on him saying, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him saying, "Dost not thou fear God seeing that thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, we deserve this, right? We've done nothing good. We actually have done lots of wrong things. For we receive the due reward, right? But this man, pointing to Christ, has done nothing amiss, nothing wrong. And he said unto Jesus at that moment, Lord, remember me when thou comest into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. In fact, you remember this, this comma right there? It's, it's, it's mistranslated. With Jesus was tr- what Jesus was trying to say, today I say unto you, you will be with me in paradise, right? So what is happening here? We have this person, actually three people, Christ in the middle, two thieves. One of them is demanding of Christ something, right? Demanding some, some, some rights, demanding some recognition and uh, demanding salvation. On the other hand, you have the other thief, who recognizes that he's done wrong. He recognizes his need. He recognizes that, that he cannot demand anything. He can only ask for mercy. He can only look towards Jesus and say, Lord, please remember me in your kingdom. Did anybody else acknowledge Jesus as Lord at that time? Nobody else. Nobody actually, other people mocked Jesus because he claims to be... The King. In fact, there was a big comical inscription poking fun of Jesus, saying, "This is the king of the Jews." But nobody took it seriously. Except this man, this thief who probably has robbed people, probably has done so much evil stuff, and didn't have anything good to show. Did he have anything to show Jesus, saying, hey, look, this is what I've done. I deserve to be in. No, nothing. He only could count on the mercy and grace. And that's what he did. He said, Lord, I don't deserve this. But I know you are are the king. I know you have a kingdom. And I want to be there. Because I believe that you can forgive me I've done so much wrong. I haven't done anything good. But please, I'm asking for mercy. Please receive me into your kingdom. That reminds me of those little humble bees who say, when they arrive (laughs) at the front of the beehive, please let us in. We want to be here. And guess what? The guards say, come right in. You belong here. We are a family. And the Lord is doing the same to this thief. He says, I'm telling you, you belong in my family. You will be with me. And I want to receive that grace. But that grace is not given to me unless I ask for it. Not when I demand, (laughs) right? (laughs) And not when I'm passive. I need to recognize my need. I need to recognize the ability of my Lord to grant mercy and grace. And I need to ask for it. So these are some simple lessons from the social life of bees. May the Lord bless you and thank you for coming to this class. Amen. Amen. Shall we conclude? Oh, please. (laughs) Let's pray as we conclude. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to study about bees and learn some spiritual lessons from from their simple yet so intricate lives. Lord, we want to be humbled, We seek your mercy and pardon. We need to be redeemed, and we have not deserved any of your pardon. We just rely on your mercy and grace. We ask for it, and we want to walk in your grace, not just have it for a moment. We want to share of your grace with those who don't have it yet. We pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen.